بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Who is deserving of our love? There is a person in all of our lives uh, who, uh, when we see them, uh, we immediately feel that love for them. There is a person in our lives who we know, no matter what happens, this person deserves my love. I love this person. And I have to love this person. Right? And uh, for many people, it's uh, a different person. So uh, for some, it's uh, their, their, their mother and father. For others, uh, it's their children. That they love them unconditionally, no matter what. Uh, and for others, uh, possibly their wives or husbands. But that's only if they're newlyweds. After that, it's parents and kids again. <laughs> but there is someone in all of our lives who uh, we love unconditionally. Uh, and there is a reason uh, for that love. So it's not uh, the unconditionality of it isn't just because uh, um, they are who they are. There is a reason for that, whether we recognize that reason, whether we have got to the bottom of that reason or we haven't. But there is a reason. There is a reason why those feelings are there. And you... Uh, love a person based on uh, four qualities that they have uh, the first is uh, beauty so they're beautiful they're good looking when you look at them uh, you're, you're happy with what you see uh, the second is that they have uh, great manners not just to you, but to everybody around you. They themselves are well-mannered. They themselves are respectable. They have self-respect in them. So that draws out your, 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 your respect for them. They have self-love. They recognize their own self-worth. So that in turn draws out your own love and, self, uh, and worth for them. You value them. The third is that they have good dealings with people. They are... Uh, good at communicating they are good at making you feel included they are good at letting you know how they feel and if they are to criticize you they criticize you in a way that builds you up and not brings you down so you love this person because of that and the fourth and final characteristic that you love someone for is because that you hope for something that they are going to give you in the future yeah there is some hope that something is going to come out of this relationship. I'm, I'm not just with you just to pass time. Something is going to happen in the relationship. I'm going to achieve something from our relationship. That is why, that is why we are together. Yeah? So those are the four characteristics. Four principles. That a person uh, deserves our love. And there is no person on this dunya. Nobody. Alive or dead. 
that is more worthy of our love than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Nobody. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not created in your lives a single person that is more deserved of your love than the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not your mother, not your father, not your son, not your daughter, not your wife or your husband, brother or sister. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam trumps all of those people. And if we look at those four characteristics that we just mentioned, we find them all in the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When we talk about beauty, Allah subhanahu, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put beauty in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not just in his looks, but in his character also. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the best looking man. He was the most handsome of men. If men looked at him, they looked at him in awe and respect. He was uh, perfect in his shape, perfect in his uh, uh, somatotype. So you know the guys who go to the gym, mashallah, and they have like broad shoulders and big biceps and all that sort of stuff, right? The Prophet ﷺ was perfect. I'm not saying he went to the gym or anything like that. But, but he was perfect in his body. His facial features, everything was aligned. Everything was symmetrical. You put it right here, you'll see what you see here as you see there. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ, now, beauty is uh, subjective, right? You may see someone as beautiful, that I may see someone as ugly, right? Someone has uh, fallen in love with a woman or a man and they're just head over heels and you look at that same woman and I think, what, the, what do you see in that person? So it's subjective. But a good idea of recognizing whether someone was beautiful unanimously is what the people around him say about him. And there was no one from amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. No one in his time, Muslim or non-Muslim, whether they were Muslim or Mushrik, that didn't say that the Prophet ﷺ was a beautiful. And he was the best looking of men. Bara ibn Azib radiallahu ta'ala anhu he said ma ra'aytu qat ahsana minhu sallallahu alayhi wasallam i didn't see in my entire life anybody who was better than the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ali radiallahu anhu amr ibn al-as all of these companions they all have a hadith about the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his looks and they are countless the first chapter of uh, Al-Shama'il uh, Al-Muhammadiyah by Imam Al-Tirmidhi is all about the, the looks of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what he looked like. Tens of hadith all about how the Sahaba looked at him and they were amazed at how he looked. So if it's the looks that we love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he had them and we love him for that. We are in awe of him for that. The second characteristic is Husn Al-Khuluq, good manners. And not to other people, I mean internally you have good manners. Now, no matter what happens, in times of ease or in times of hardship, you have good manners. Right? So sometimes you have those people that, mashallah, they are very respectful, they are very kind. But in times of anger, they can be the worst. They can say the worst of things to you. SubhanAllah, and you're thinking, I thought this guy was cool, man. But he's not. And the strong isn't the one who is, uh, has the most muscles or can lift the, uh, the, the heaviest weight. The strong is he who can The one who can control himself when he is angry. The Prophet 
in times of ease and in times of hardship now we know the hardship of the life of the prophet sallallahu we know the persecution that he went through we know how he was so concerned for his companions people that believed in him and because of believing in him and his message they were persecuted for that what a weight that is on your shoulders if you are to know that if you are to take a stance or you are to say a statement and because of that statement that you say your family are going to be persecuted your children are going to be marginalized you are going to think twice about saying that statement you're going to think twice about taking that stand and the prophet sallallahu was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make a stand was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reveal the revelation that was sent to him subhanallah knowing that that was going to be the cause of the persecution of his companions yet despite that hardship we still find that he had the best of manners hardship and an ease to the point where uh, Abu Sufyan Abu Sufyan was a non-Muslim for the vast majority of the messengership of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and it wasn't until Aam al-Fat uh, what, like, that's like mm, 20, 21 years after the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sent that he entered into Islam and throughout that time he was one of the staunchest of opponents to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam despite that when he stood in the court of Hiraql Azim al-Rum when he stood in front of the Byzantine Emperor he had nothing bad to say about the Prophet even though no one from the Muslims was there even though the Messenger wasn't even there he had nothing to gain from that situation but all he could do was speak the truth and he had nothing bad to say about the Prophet even his own enemies recognized the good manners of the Prophet that is something Deserve it, worthy of love, deserve it of respect and awe. The third characteristic, husn al that he was good with his dealings with people. The Prophet would always encourage uh, his companions towards good. If anybody was doing business with the Prophet, uh, the Prophet was the best. Uh, in doing that business if someone struck an appointment with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam the Prophet sallallahu would be there on time he would not be late rather he would be there and he'll be waiting for those who he's made the appointment with to come the Prophet sallallahu was the best with regards to his his, uh, his interactions with people and he was known for encouraging his companions towards good and encouraging them from a very young age one time the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was asleep uh, with uh, his wife uh, Maymuna um al-Mu'mineen and uh, Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhu he was the nephew of Maymuna and obviously the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so he had sirat al-rahim between them so he was staying over at the house of Maymuna with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they were both sleeping all of them were sleeping and in the middle of the night, the Prophet ﷺ, he woke up and he rose and he rose to pray uh, to Hajjud. And he looked at uh, Ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, and his young boy, 15, 16, not, not, not older than that. Uh, and he says to him, uh, out of love and affection, uh, that uh, you are sleeping over victory. You're sleeping over victory. And he said it in a soft voice just to let him know that he's about to pray 
so that his success, the Prophet's success and the success of the Muslims is in our salah, is in our attachment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our connection with him. So he gets up and he, he, he makes wudu, he, he uh, uses his uh, miswak and he stands up to pray. After that, a short while, Abdullah ibn Abbas also gets up to pray. Uh, gets up, sorry, wakes up from his uh, his sleep, and he does exactly what the Prophet sallallahu did. He uses his miswak, he does wudu, and he uses a little bit of water as the Prophet sallallahu did, and he stands on the left hand side of the Prophet sallallahu And we know that when two people are in jama'ah together, uh, the imam stands in the middle, and the ma'mum stands on the right hand side of the imam. Yeah. So Ibn Abbas, he, he stood up and he did takbir and he stood on the left side of the Prophet So the Prophet he got him by the ear <laughs> Got him by the ear Spun him round his back and brought him to the right hand side And he stood him right next to uh, himself And the, uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, after uh, having this done to him he took a couple of steps back. So they prayed together and they finished uh, the prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ asked him, Why did you go back when I put you to my right? Uh, and Ibn Abbas said, It's not for me to stand uh, in the same station side by side with the Messenger of Allah. ﷺ. Rather, I should be. Behind, subhanAllah, the respect of Ibn Abbas for Rasulullah And then the Prophet hugged Ibn Abbas And he made a dua for him and he said Allahumma Alimhu At-ta'wil Allahumma Faqihhu Fiddin Al-Akhtilaf al-Riwayat He made dua for Ibn Abbas that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach him From the Quran And that he grant him understanding of the deen that was the Prophet ﷺ's his encouragement for Ibn Abbas and his love for Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas is just a small boy. Right? What do we do with our youngsters now when they're sleeping late at night? We don't wake them up. We don't wake them up for Fajr either. They're just kids, man. They're going to sleep. And, uh, right? But for the love that the Prophet ﷺ had for Ibn Abbas and his encouragement, that he wanted him to be someone who had istiqamah, Someone who had a connection and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He did things like this And another story with Abdullah ibn Abbas The same sahabi uh, they were, uh, The companions of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam All sitting in a circle And there was some milk being passed around So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He got the milk And he drank from it And on his right was sitting Abdullah ibn Abbas And Abdullah ibn Abbas was the smallest from amongst the companions He was the youngest there And there were people who were older And obviously Uh you know, we have tawqeer for our, you know, kibar and mashayikh and, you know, we have respect for them and reverence for them. So we put them before us uh, if we're younger. So Abdullah ibn Abbas was there and the Prophet saw him in a bit of a precarious situation. So he asked Ibn Abbas, he said, uh, Ya Abdullah, uh, if you wish, uh, I can give this to the likes of Abu Bakr who was sitting right next to him uh, and you can have your share afterwards. So Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said that ما كنت لأوثر نسيبي على أحد أو لأحد I would never ever give my share of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to anybody else Subhanallah 
And Abu Bakr sitting there, Umar sitting there. <laughs> the love and connection that they had, the attachment that they had, and that doesn't come from nothing. That comes from uh, from real love, real affection, solid ground for mahabba. And the last and final characteristic is that we hope for something in the future from our relationship. So, with regards to the Prophet sallallahu what is it that we hope for? The greatest of all things, shafaat al kubra. Suhbah in Jannah huh? All of these things We hope that the Prophet وسلم, When we reach his hold Would allow us to drink From uh, From what he gives us We hope that Allah, uh, The Prophet وسلم, Will intercede on our behalf Yawm al-Qiyamah and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from Jahannam if we ever find ourselves from those who have entered it. We hope that Allah, the Prophet sallallahu intercession gets us out from Jahannam and into Jannatul Firdaus al-A'la. These all characteristics we can find in the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and he is most deserved of our love. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plant and uh, uh, allow to grow in our hearts the love of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the attachment to him, the attachment to his sunnah the reverence for him and his life and the respect that we have for him and his companions Ameen, Ameen, Jazakumullah Khair Aqulu Quli Hada wa Astaghfirullah Wa Lakum Inna Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa numinubihi wa natawakkadu alayhi ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله عليه وسلامه وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن استن بسنته أجمعين يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد ما دي رسبكتي برضس وسستس we have briefly touched upon the love that we are all required to have for the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we have briefly touched upon the reality of the love of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for us. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loves his Ummah. He loved his companions. And he loved those who followed them, even though he did not meet them. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "خير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم." That the best of generations is my generation, meaning that he loved his generation, and then those who followed them, 
meaning that he loved that generation because they are with them in khair and then with those who followed them and he loved that generation too and there is no limit to the generations which the Prophet wasallam has love for and has affection for and has compassion for because in one narration he says three generations in another narration he says four generations meaning that if he wanted to he could uh, say ten generations twenty generations thirty generations what's the point? three generations four generations is enough you get the point rolling the Prophet ﷺ has love for us. When he was with his companions one day, he said that he ha- he misses or he really wants to see uh, uh, his brothers. And his Sahaba, the said, "Are we not your brothers, Ya Rasulullah?" So he said, "No, innakum ashabi, verily you are my companions, but my brothers are those who will come after." And they will believe in me despite having not seen me. Brothers to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That is our, our makan. And we forget this reality. We forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored us to be from the ummah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa We forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us the best of nations because of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa bi akramil rusli kunna akramil umami. It is only because of the best of messengers that we were the best of Umam. And by following the footsteps of the Messenger وسلم, we become the best of people. If he was the best of mankind. And by distancing, distancing ourselves from the Prophet وسلم, and his teachings, we become the worst of mankind. In the Prophet وسلم, is the key to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Through the Prophet ﷺ is the gateway and our path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will only ever attain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Messenger ﷺ. He is the gatekeeper of Jannah. He is the gatekeeper towards, to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبَبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Say that if you truly love Allah, if you truly love Allah, you claim to love Allah, Allah created me, Allah provided for me, Allah guided, for, guided me, Allah has done everything for me. And I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you truly love Allah, فاتبعوني. follow the Prophet Follow him. Take him as an exemplary character in your life. Follow in his footsteps, in his example. Have his character. Do what he did. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will in turn love you. The one who obeys and follows in the, in the footsteps of the Messenger وسلم, has obeyed and followed the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the status of Rasulullah. And we forget this. We forget that following him is an act of worship. We forget that enacting his life in our lives is an act of worship and an act of getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's not something that we do on the periphery. That's not something do, we do when we have some free time. That's not something we do on the side. That's not something we do when we come to the, the, the masjid. That's something that we do in every walk of our life, whether it's here in the masjid, whether it's at home with our families, whether it's at work or out with our friends. Every single aspect of our lives has the character of the Messenger وسلم, in it. And if the Prophet ﷺ is the gateway to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
then there is one thing that he came with. There is one responsibility that he was given. There is one uh, priority that he was sent to mankind for. And that was to reveal the message of the Qur'an. To spread the message of the Qur'an. To deliver the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mankind. So if our attachment to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is strong, if our love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is true, if we are truly following in the footsteps of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Qur'an will be an integral part of our lives. Now the Qur'an, our relationship with the Qur'an is of two types. One is a recitation, reading, uh, constantly uh, type of relationship. And the second type of relationship is a relationship of understanding, of recognition, of reflection and contemplation. That first type of relationship, the recitation, the Qur'an should be, if it's an integral part of our lives, recited every single day. Every single day. The day shouldn't go from your days, from your weeks, from your months, except that there is some form of recitation of the Qur'an in there. That you have uh, a surah, you have a supara, you have a juz, you have some portion of the Qur'an being read in the day, whether it's the morning, afternoon, evening, or all of those. There has to be some form of connection with that. And the reason why there has to be some form of connection with that is if it's not read, you're never reminded of it. If it's not read, you have no relationship with it. If it's not read, you have absolutely no idea what's in it. But when it is read, and read constantly, not just once, not just when someone passes away, when there's some difficulty in your life, or you open the Quran and read Surah Ikhlas, or Ayat al Kursi, or something like that. No, every single day, ayat of the Qur'an being recited, being reminded of the message therein, being reminded of the responsibility that was given to Rasulullah being reminded of the Messenger And whoever is on your mind the most, that is who you love the most. Whatever is on your mind the most, that is what you have the most attachment to. So if it's money on your mind, you love money, my friend. If it's women on your mind, you love women, my friend. If it's men on your mind, and you love women, uh, men, my friend. That is how it works. Whatever is on your mind the most, that is what you love the most. So if the Quran, if Rasulullah is on your mind the most, that is who you love the most. The Prophet وسلم, he said, La hasada fil ithnain. There is absolutely no jealousy for two types of people. Now we know jealousy is a bad thing, we're not supposed to be jealous of people. Right? What is jealousy? To wish for the blessings that someone has given that those blessings they disappear from that person whether you receive those blessings or you know it. so someone's been given a lot of money you wish that that have money whether you have that money or you don't have that money whether you become rich or you will stay poor as long as that person doesn't have it that's all that matters that is hasad but there, so that is mazmoom mutlaqan right that is uh, not acceptable in any shape or form except uh, in two instances the first instance, now there are many narrations for this. Uh, the popular one is Rajulun Atahu Allahul Ilm. The person who is given knowledge and he teaches people with that knowledge. Right? We all know this one. But there's another narration where the Prophet ﷺ says that a man is given the Quran. Bihi Ana Al Layli wa Ana Al Nahar. 
he, the person, that man, is given the Quran. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ What does that even mean, to be given the Quran? A person is given the Quran. And so he, يَقُومُ uh, So he stands up to it, or he stands up with it, he implements it. All day and all night. أَنَا أَلَّوْنْ وَأَنَا أَنْهَارُ All night and all day. A person is given the Qur'an. Now this doesn't mean that he is given the Qur'an in terms of memorization, that he memorizes the Qur'an from front to back so he recites it all, the, all during the day and all during the night. He stands in tahajjud prayer and in the day he is reciting the Qur'an, that's all he does. That's not what it means. فَهُوَ يَقُومُ بِهِ أَنَا يَقُومُ بِهِ This word يَقُومُ What do we do in our prayer? Just before we pray we do the iqama. قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ قَدْ قَامَتِ الصَّلَاةِ Right? And qiyam means to stand. Right? But it also means to establish. Establish the prayer. Establish. We want to establish something. What does that mean? You establish a brand. You establish a company. You establish a business. You establish yourself in this country. Right? You establish a home, a family. It means that a lot of time, a lot of effort is, is, is taking place. A lot of time, a lot of effort is being put into whatever it is that you're doing. There is a vision for the future how you see what you are establishing, how it's going to take place, how it's going to evolve, how it's going to progress. It's a lot more than just standing, Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, and finishing with salam. There's a lot more to our salah than that. That is iqama, that is qiyam. So the Prophet here is saying, Not that he recites it all day and all night, rather he implements it, acts upon it, understands it, reflects upon it. If there is no recitation, there is no reflection. If there is no connection with the Qur'an in the day or in the night, then there is absolutely no trying to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. And if that, if, that, if that is not there, then we have ignored the responsibility that the Prophet was sent with. And if we claim to love the Prophet and claim to follow in his footsteps, then that should be there in every aspect of our lives. Not just recitation, but implementation. Not just recitation, but contemplation. Not just recitation, but reflection. Understanding. And seeking that understanding. Asking those who know. Asking those who know, asking those who understand. So that we can increase in that understanding also. There is an active effort with the Qur'an. There is an active relationship with the Qur'an. This is the sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aisha radiallahu anha, she described the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the walking Qur'an, right? Kana khuluquhu al-Qur'an. His very character, his very personality, everything that emanated from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was from the Qur'an. He was the Qur'an in action. And if we are to follow the sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's not just in uh, our appearance. It's not just in certain actions of our salah. It's not just in small little things that we do in our lives. It's in everything. The Prophet sallallahu he taught us how to eat. The sunnah of eating, right? We heard this. The sunnah of sleeping. The sunnah of relieving ourselves and going to the toilet. There is guidance of the Messenger وسلم, in everything that we do. Even the things that are so mundane and so ordinary and so insignificant that we think are insignificant. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a part of your day, every single day, and we are an ummah of amal, 
We are Ummah of Iman, we are Ummah of Ilm, and we are also Ummah of Amal. So we all believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all believe in the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ghadabata fi hadha. No one's going to say that we don't do that. No one's going to say that we don't have Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger in our hearts. And we love them. And we profess that we love them. But that has to be coupled with action. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Always عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Always عَمَل There is no Iman, there is no Ilm except with Amal. Why? Because when we know and we understand the Qur'an and it is a part of our lives, we will enact it. We will stand for it. We will defend it. And that is the hifz of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this deen. So we can either be those who allow the Qur'an to be nasiyan mansiyah, to be a forgotten text, something that was recited a long time ago from our parents and our grandparents. We can be of those people who have heard about something of the Qur'an and know that it is a revelation and there was a man called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he came with this book. But I myself don't know anything about it, you're going to have to ask someone else. Or we can be those who have a relationship with it, have an attachment to it, recite it, understand it, and when we are asked, know about it. That decision is up to you. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes us of those who have a love for the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in their hearts and in turn have a love for the Qur'an in their hearts that the Qur'an is a spring of their hearts that whenever they are in hardship whenever they are in difficulty they turn to the Qur'an the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إِذَا جَدَّهُ أَمْرٌ فَزِعَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ that when the Prophet ﷺ, whenever there was a difficulty, whenever there was hardship in his life, he would turn to salah. Why would he turn to salah? Why would he turn to prayer? Because of what is in it from the Quran, from the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that grants him sukoon. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who follow uh, in the footsteps of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and for those who hear what is being said and follow the best of what is being said. Ameen, ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'ilu muslimin fa astaghfiruhu innahu wa lakfuru rahim.